You're listening to another great message from Northside Community Church. Well, what a great song to lead into what we're about to talk about now because uh, my flesh is weak, your spirit's strong in me. We've just spent six weeks looking at the other guy, the guy behind the guy behind Christianity. And what we've been learning is that uh, Christianity is more than just practices and principles. Uh, It's actually a power. It's the very lifeblood of God entering into you and changing you from the inside out. And so the reason we've looked at this series for six weeks is that often we can forget about the other guy. We can talk God, we can talk Jesus, but we don't talk the Holy Spirit. And the reason some churches don't is because, well, it's a mysterious thing. There's all sorts of different thoughts on the Holy Spirit and how he works. And the whole aim of this six weeks for us has been uh, not necessarily to, to calm down the charismatics, those that you get a little bit excited, more on what we call the Pentecostal side of the spectrum, nor has it been to wind up all the conservatives, you know, all those Anglicans like myself, right? Like I said, we want, you, there's no such thing as a balanced view of God. I think what's been so important for all of us to recognize is that if God wants to move in an incredible way in this church through his spirit, he can and he will. Uh, but it will be in his timing. It won't be in our timing as a leadership or as a church thinking that we're going to force stuff. So uh, where are we at tonight? I love surfing. I love surfing. Uh, and it's one thing, we could, we could do a six-week series on surfing. How about that? And if you did a six-week series on surfing, you would, you would start with um, wave selection and then you could have paddling and then you could have wetsuit selection. In other words, you could have six weeks talking about surfing and never actually get in the water. And what my hope and prayer has been for each and every one of us is that we don't just talk about the Holy Spirit for six weeks and shove it inside the front of our Bibles and leave the Connect studies on our shelf and leave it. My hope and prayer for you tonight, my hope and prayer for you before this series ever began was that you would experience the Holy Spirit the way that someone jumps in the water for the first time. And so as we head into this time now, I want you to be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. What I love about this time as we hear from some of our crew uh, is that we can be really relaxed about it. The great job of the Holy Spirit, as Jesus said, is to take what is mine and he'll make it known to you. So if you get something out of tonight, if something really hits you, if it grabs you, if you go, oh, that was a good point, uh, it wasn't the people up here on stage. It was God teaching you and speaking to you uh, through his Holy Spirit. Most importantly, if you're not a believer and you think that Christianity is all about power, uh, all about principles and you haven't experienced that power, there's going to be an opportunity to receive that tonight at the end of the service. So uh, let's just be open to what God's going to do. I'm going to pray for us, actually, before we get started. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this incredible dynamic that your very lifeblood is, is here in this place. It is in each and every one of us that call you Lord Jesus And so we ask that right now as we move into these moments and that we hear from uh, your people that you would take what is yours and you would make it known to us, lift our eyes up to the wonderful miracle that is the next 20, 30 minutes, that the gathering of your people, the church, the teaching of your people, the thoughts uh, that come to mind and bed into our very hearts has been not done through uh, clever tips or techniques, but it is you, Heavenly Father, alive and well in us through your Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, other guy, come teach us, be with us now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I love these nights. It's really relaxed. It's casual. It's almost like uh, the, uh, the sort of Oprah 
of, uh, of the series. Uh, in that sense, we just chat and talk through those, hopefully that have had uh, an experience, uh, a feel about the Holy Spirit over the past six weeks. So we're gonna, we've got three superstars tonight. We've got uh, our very own Andrew Sellen, Adrian Smith, and Belinda Ramirez. Do we give them a nice big round of applause as they come up tonight? All right, just watch the microphone there. It's all good. Well, thanks for um, hanging out with us tonight, guys, and to, uh, to share your thoughts with us. Just jump in anywhere. What, what were some of the first thoughts and perceptions that came from either yourselves or your groups when we're thinking, hey, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit for six weeks? You got the microphone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first things that immediately spring to mind are stuff like spiritual gifts and maybe even fruits of the Spirit or um, maybe the miraculous side. Um, so I think they're the first things to spring to mind. So mm-hmm. not sure whether they're, they're that helpful in, deter- in trying to actually work out who is the Holy Spirit and what is his role, but they're probably the first things. Yeah, yeah, good call. And Ado, from your side, like, do you think it's possible that, yeah, that people can get more shaped by their denominational background and the shape of their church around the Holy Spirit than, than the Bible itself? Uh, from my experience, yes, definitely. I think yeah. it's, um, like you said, there's no... There's never like a, a unified balance of, of this across the whole church, and so everyone gets an idea of what should take place, and that be a denomination or just a singular church. And so, from my experience, it's um, if someone uh, in leadership feels that that's the way they're going, and that's you know that there tends to be you can lose that balance, or mm. um, you know just to see kind of outside that um, the whole uh, emphasis on the Holy Spirit. So yeah, yeah definitely cool. So, Andrew, we, week one, we were talking through that the Holy Spirit's a person, John 14, that, that he's a person. Uh, Jesus it was translated, he's the Aleron Parakletos, um, another me of the same kind, Jesus was saying. Do you think people thought of the Holy Spirit as a person when you're getting into connect groups and processing that with people? Yeah, I think it's it's really not how we initially think about it. Like our, t- our tendency is to more think the Holy Spirit is some sort of abstract being rather than as a person, which is what we learnt. So, uh, yeah, I think it's really exciting to discover that. And what? how do you think maybe uh, the, the, theolo- the theology of him being a person might have shaped people, impacted people, changed their perceptions? Yeah, well... We had like lots of really good discussions about this. One of the in our group, one of the things we we're particularly talking about is how difficult it is to change. Like stuff like um, I don't don't want to be greedy. We want to be generous. We don't want to be se- uh, selfish. We want to be selfless. And that sort of uh, change um, to, to know that we have the the power of the Holy Spirit, um, the person of the whole the person of the Holy Spirit um, fighting for us in those things is really comforting and exciting. Mm, that's really cool. Uh, over to you, Bell. We're sort of, um, week three, we're talking about how the, because off the back of what Andrew is saying there, that the Holy Spirit leads you. We, we learned that Christianity is a bar fight, yeah. right? That if you, it's a fight either way. Like before you're a Christian, the fight's on the outside uh, with God. When you become a Christian, the fight goes on the inside. Uh, how did your, your group process that? What sort of things emerged out of that? 
Well, we've all been a good bar fight, haven't we? <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, we're all very well-behaved people. We had no idea what you're talking about. No, uh, I, look, I used to live near the mean fiddler, so I knew exactly what you meant with the bar fight. Uh, and I think it's... I think, actually, just that whole concept of, of that... Um, that battle being taken inside of you, I think it's actually healthy to have a good, good kind of wrestle with, with the spirit. I think if you're not having uh, having that wrestle, you know, if something's challenging your convictions or challenging uh, where you stand, are you are you being a pushover or are you, are you putting up a fight? Like if there's no battle going on, mm. maybe maybe um, maybe you're being a bit more of a uh, someone who's leaning towards, you know, self-interest or, or what's easiest, like the easiest path. So mm. uh, I think it's good to have a bit of a wrestle, a bit of a, a bit of a bar fight <laughs> on the inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we also saw that there can be lots of reasons for missing the leading of the spirit. Yeah. You know, volume is your life too loud. Yeah. Uh, comfort is your life too safe. Um, thinking, are you suffering from analysis paralysis was another one that came out of that. Um, what stood out for your guys, either yourself or your group, yeah. out of that particular part of week three? We've got, we've got quite a mixed bag of lollies in our group for, for the people. So I think each one of them stood out for a different person. But I feel that that, that whole idea of um, my life's quite comfortable as, as it is. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I, I don't need you to be sort of changing anything about that. I think that really stood out for us. And uh, Mel Barker sent us a little C.S. Lewis quote a couple of weeks ago, um, which which actually tied in really well with it. It's like each of us build our own little house, like the life that we build might look like a, a pretty little cottage with manicured gardens and all the furniture set where it should be, or we might be building our house with, with a panic room that we just want to hide in, or maybe it's a place that has bars on the windows so that everyone knows not to hurt me, you can't come in here. And this, this, this quote from C.S. Lewis was talking about how the Holy Spirit actually wants to come in and do renovations. Mm. And so often we're happy for him to maybe rearrange the furniture a little bit. I can deal with that. Lord, that's all right. The couch over there, I can handle that. Okay, you want the coffee table there? I can do that. And then you know what he does? He looks at your support beams of the house that you've built for yourself. He looks at the support beams. He looks at you. He looks back at the support beams. And then he gets out the wrecking ball and he just has <laughs> he just has a field day and he takes he you know, like he's being human, right? He's he's interruptive, he's disruptive, and he just he takes down all of those those safe structures that we've built for for ourselves. Because if he's going to live inside of us, we're meant to be a palace for the King. We're meant to be be a temple for God, and that's what he's in the business of. He's in the business of of you know knocking down and and rebuilding. So I think for us that was a big thing of of. Um, not just being content to, to live safely, but to listen to him, even if it means um, being really uncomfortable with it. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Which is a great lead-in, I guess, Ado, to what I wanted to ask you, is that we, we talked in week uh, four, I think it was, about, about the Holy Spirit fills you, to be filled by the Spirit. And when we hear that, lots of different things come to mind. I guess what what came to mind for you? What do you think comes to mind for people when... We hear, oh, you're filled by the Spirit. Um, I think leading on even from what Bill was just saying now, it's, um, you know, when God or the Holy Spirit comes in and starts wrecking, you know, what you've established or what you've, what you've thought you've established, often, um, often we build our house f- like 
far smaller in our perimeter than we should or mm-hmm. could or have the ability to. Mm. And so for me, um, just just seeing that in people's lives around me, it's it's often God actually wants to expand the premise of of this establishment that you've built, or or the um, actually the uh, what's the word the potential that you actually have but you don't see. And so you you have this God has this mighty plan and and it's scoped out, but you kind of come in and you kind of just build this tiny little cottage on. <clears throat> what God wants to be quite a big block, mm, mm. and so um, for me, it's this this whole story of um, this whole side of the Holy Spirit filling you. It's it's actually God. He wants the Holy Spirit to enable you and to push you to the potential that God already had ordained before you were born, and, and so that's that Jeremiah twenty nine, and and God um, before you even born, God had a plan and a purpose for you, and so the Holy Spirit's not here to take you off to the begotten track and and to be gone by God, but it's actually to take you in a direction that God's ordained already for you. And so um, I think a lot of Christians get tied up, and that's where this balance of the Holy Spirit comes in. We get tied up on Holy Spirit wants to take us down a path that is not right for us or it's not the way that you know we believe we're meant to go or we see a dream down here, but we don't actually see, you know, the mountains and how the road kind of curves around. And so for me, the Holy Spirit filling us is this whole idea of basically me just allowing God to outwork his plan in my life. Yeah, so that's great. Because I think what came out of that too is that we see like it was Ephesians 5 that that Paul contrasts that filling of the Spirit with drunkenness, and it was a real contrast. So in essence, he's saying that to be filled by the Spirit is not craziness and going all over the shop, but a a life of incredible discipline and self-control. Do you think that can surprise people in hearing that? Um, Definitely. And I've been been in in a church where the whole drunkenness side of the Holy Spirit is is very much on show and it's and it's it's almost clung to because that's the only way you'll see the outworking of the Holy Spirit is to mm. see these um sorry my throat's very uh, dry thank you Claire to some water no um <laughs> no and so you, you see this this whole side of things where you know people are falling over and that's the whole scary side of the Holy Spirit because people don't want to see that and they're not comfortable with that and so for me um this whole clarity and this whole self-control and this whole you know god doesn't want and he uses those whole things that's not to say he doesn't but god wants to bring clarity into into what he wants to bring into our life he wants to bring self-control in to the things so that we can be a witness to the people around Mm -hmm. us and so um an elderly couple from my from my old church they they this old guy who used to always say to me you know, the Holy Spirit is there as a gift from God, and, and it's a thing that God's ordained. And you know, He said in we're talking about John um, fourteen, um, where it's you know, it's the truth of the Spirit, and so God comes in, and and the Holy Spirit just gives us this ability to see things from another perspective. Mm-hmm, and so the drunkenness of of our world would say that you do this, this, and this, and this is normal, and this is normal, but you actually see the clarity and that's where the dreams and visions and God brings all these different things into light just to show you that there's actually something far greater and something far more specific um, in that than than what we can see. Yeah, that's right. That's great, man. Look, as a side note too, what's something we might do tonight is if anyone's got any key questions uh, briefly, if we've got time at the end of these interviews too, I'm happy to do, um, take some questions on the floor here too for a bit of a, a Q&A because you might have some burning questions around this if we haven't covered them already. 
Uh, but, Bell, back to you again. We'll get to you in a second, mate. We're saving, as Vanessa Williams said, save the best for last. Um, Bell, we, week five, we're talking about spiritual fruit, that the Holy Spirit uh, betters you. And, and this whole notion that we're all like teenagers that need to grow into their bodies. In other words, there's, in, there's incredible potential for us to grow, and I think it's, we're starting to get that theme happening. Um, but uh, do you think that... Do you think that people really see that as a possibility? Do you think that that's, that's clear for them? Or what are some of the tensions that, that, yeah. that arise around that? Yeah, yeah. I think people, uh, I think we can get the, the, the head knowledge, like we go, food of the spirit, love, patience, joy. And we list them off and we know it in our heads, you know, like faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. What are the other three? Help me out. Patience. Another couple. Anyone? Anyone? Peace. Yeah, this is good. This is good. We've been reading. We've been doing our our studies. (laughs) So, like, we know that we get the head knowledge, but sometimes it's we kind of choke on it from getting it from here down to down to our hearts. And I think, um, I think, uh, you know, it's we all want the the fruit, but without the you know the season that has to come before it. You know, we talked in even in in, uh, women's ministry, we talked about. Um, flourishing in due season and it's a similar concept you know you produce your fruit in due season but how can you have you know your your spring and your your fruit bearing without the winter the challenges that come with that I mean we just had a really cruisy winter like Mm -hmm. really easy going but I don't think that we should expect that for our spiritual lives if we want to be if we want to be producing fruit it's like saying you want to be growing your muscles but you don't want to do the squats or the tricep dips to do it (laughs) if you want to produce the fruit I think the best way to be producing uh, uh, you know different facets of the fruit are in situations where we can exercise it most and I don't think people want to be exercising patience you know when you say to God I want more joy in my life well maybe he's going to be giving us circumstances where we have to exercise joy and choose to be joyful rather than uh, asking, you know, rather than having all these really happy moments in our lives, I think it's, I think it's actually a little bit scary. So be prepared that He'll give you the circumstances for the Holy Spirit to be um, producing those fruit. Yeah, that's gold. Yeah. There's my moment for the night. That's <laughs> the one I'm writing down. That's my takeaway, uh, because yeah, I said too that it's possible, isn't it? You can have counterfeit fruit that you yeah. can be uh, MacGyvering. Uh, spiritual fruit, that is you, you take your Stanley knife and your duct tape and you tape on a bit of love and yeah, patient, yeah. peace and patience. Um, did anything emerge out of that experience uh, of, or I guess that illustration? Have you ever experienced yeah. people like that where they've MacGyvered the spiritual fruit? Um, what happens in the long run? Yeah, yeah. I think, well, just to go back to um, to, to start with that whole concept of, of the Holy Spirit producing fruit, uh, one of our um, our guys, Sean, is he here tonight? I'm not sure if he's here. Yeah, he's up the back. There he is. Everyone say hi to Sean. Hi, Sean. <laughs> uh, Sean came up with this, this really great idea that we're all like, yeah, it's so true. Like it was like a bing moment for all of us. It's like when you receive God into your life, when you say, I want to become a Christian, I want you in my life. It's like the Holy Spirit is planted like a little seed. And so it takes time for him, um, not because he's limited, but because he wants it, I guess, to be an organic growth 
to to grow, uh, to be a sapling, and, and you know to produce those fruit, and so produce that you know the the fruit of the spirit. So I guess sometimes we don't see the fruit that he's producing. So maybe if you see fruit in someone else tonight, maybe you can say that person, Adrian, you're so kind. Like, that's an incredible fruit that you've got. Like, maybe we don't see it in ourselves. So someone needs to tell us because when we don't realise or when we don't really, I guess, appreciate the fruit that he's uh, producing in us, we go and we draw our own little apple and we scribble it in with red and draw a little green leaf and we snip it out and then we sticky tape it onto you know onto our tree and say look at that look I'm 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 serving I'm doing all this stuff look at my really cool apple and people are like that's not that's not real fruit like that's I can tell like you try and bite into it and it tastes like permanent marker so look I don't know exactly where I'm going with this but yes. I'm just I'm just imagining I'm, I'm little apple it. and, yeah it's good that's a it's like, just let it grow. Let him do it organically. And, yeah. and, you know, it might seem silly, but maybe just ask him, like, please produce, please mm. produce this fruit in mm. me. I don't, I don't know how to do that. And that's exactly the point, <laughs> is that you ask him to, to grow this fruit. We're not meant to be striving and MacGyvering and getting the paper clips and the scissors and doing it ourselves. We're meant to be asking for him to, to grow it organically in mm. us. So, you know, what a chance tonight for, for prayer up the back. Maybe you can be like, oh, I want the Holy Spirit to grow apples. I don't want to cut them out anymore. Like maybe that's your prayer. Like it's not. That's not such a bad place to start. It's oh, gold. <laughs> I told you to be a good night. <laughs> uh, spiritual fruit, spiritual gifts. That's the big one. Cello, as we said, uh, save the best for last. Um, spiritual gifts. What was your group's first thoughts, reactions around spiritual gifts, and, and why do you think that was? I think the first thing we tend to think of is, oh, I remember I saw those lists. Those lists are in the Bible and you go, I can remember what they are. There's like, oh, tongues and some, and some less important ones and less interesting. <laughs> so, so that's the first thing. You remember that there's a list and the second tendency, I think, is to go, well, I wonder which ones I have. What, what can I tick in my checklist of the spiritual gifts of which ones I have? Mm-hmm. And yet Ephesians 4, we've been learning, we did it in Modern Family as well, that we see that a spiritual gift is a gift from God given to every believer, uh, an ability or a talent or a working uh, for the service of others in order to build up the common good. Um, did that help demystify some of that process of, oh, what have I got? And, you know, yeah, absolutely. Like It's such a, a huge idea that to, to, to understand exactly what makes a spiritual gift a spiritual gift. So even when it's not... Uh, it, it, the fact that it's on a list in the Bible isn't that isn't even what makes it the spiritual gift. It's the fact that it's helpful for somebody, that it's for the common good. That's a, a really sort of big insight, I think. Yeah, mm. because you know, coming off Bell's stuff with the fruit into gifts, one of the key distinctions that we had was that uh, spiritual fruit, singular, because we should have all of them, is 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 who you are. Spiritual gifts are what you do. Um, how did your guys in group react to that? How do you react to that? Um, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really important distinction, I think. Um, uh, an, an analogy that I was that uh, I was thinking about that I think is um, kind of helpful. It's like um, a, a bit to, to sort of illustrate what matters. If I bought my wife flowers, right, and I get home and she's like, "Oh, cool, they're beautiful. Thanks so much," and I'm like. 
yeah, I did it because I thought I should. And I just saw them, they were dirt cheap, and I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's like, it, it's kind of missing the point, you know? Like, it's uh, what, what God is after is a change in who we are. It's the, mm. the motivation, the desire that what matters, the spiritual fruit stuff. Mm. And, um, yeah, so I think it is possible to kind of get spiritual gifts wrong and be like, so what can I do to tick these boxes? Like I think one of the words he said was external compliance. Or, mm. um, but really it got, what God wants to do is shape who we are and change and transform us through the Holy Spirit mm. um, so that, um, yeah, it's like a, a changing of direction so that um, w- what we do is motivated for the common good of the church and, um, yeah, to change our whole ha- hearts to love God more. Yeah, that's great. Which you answered what I was going to ask you next, and that was, you know, because we looked at 1 Corinthians 12, it talked about the gifts, don't be dope heads about it, be, be clear about it, says Paul. Uh, and then he goes into that classic, classic wedding verse, which you'd think half the people that have weddings have got no idea that he's talking about spiritual gifts because he says, you know, and love is the ultimate thing in that. So you know, I guess what out of the group came that sense that, that, that it's the fruit that really matters, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like that, um, that classic wedding pas- passage is such, like we're all probably somewhat familiar with it, but I think there's some, a really important point in there that we can miss. Um, so in that passage, it talks about how, um, things like uh, it actually makes a list of uh, tongues and prophecy and uh, and good works um, for the poor and it says even if, if you do those things but don't have love it's like meaningless so mm. um, yeah once again it's like it's the changing of who we are and um, yeah, yeah changing of our great. whole hearts that's great so look final question for it's gone quick hasn't it yeah <laughs> Always love these nights. Final question, I guess, uh, and open to you all to have a think through, but, but from all, I guess, your experience of the worship nights we've had here with group, uh, what, what would be one thing that either challenged your group, uh, affirmed or, or built up your group on what you already knew, or, or what's, thing that, what's one thing that might need further explanation? So I guess pick one of the three, but, but, but what challenged you, what affirmed you, what might still need further explanation? Um, well, for us, it's um, when you when you come to church, you hear about the Holy Spirit, and you hear about faith, and you hear about all these things, and and so often um, people get the idea that it's something that you have to go into, or it's something that you have to achieve by some level of the deeds that you do, and so. Um, the biggest encouragement is to hear the stories of people that have have come in and you know they've they've given their heart to God and there's this this salvation in that. But it's then it's then the identity of well, what's next for me and how does the Holy Spirit outwork that? And, and so just through stories, you hear um, the Holy Spirit just works and He works in the background and He works in the background and He keeps chipping away and and whether we see it or we don't, there's always development. Um, in our hearts and there's always a softening, there's always an awakening and so throughout that all, I think my encouragement is that and it goes back like you don't, it doesn't matter how young or how old or whatever, the Holy Spirit is is the same for all of us and the Holy Spirit applies these things to all of us at the same level if we're willing and so um, for us in our group it's just that um, 
it's just that ability to, to share those things. And I think that's the biggest encouragement and that's when the Holy Spirit starts to work the most is yeah. when we're in these settings and we hear what God's doing in our life and, and it starts to encourage us and it starts to open up um, that ability to kind of just be a little bit more aware to, to the Holy Spirit. Right, man. Andrew? Yeah, I think the lingering question for our group um, is like the but how question. Like, we want to change, but there's still that but how. And um, I think one of the most helpful illustrations from Sam's sermon in the series was the the one about the tornado where it's all about just being in the path like it's the, the important thing about this this idea of being in the path of tornado is it's the tornado that has the power it's not it's not our strength it's God's mm-hmm. strength so even when the most hardest things to change in our life um, are just that they seem so hard we've got it's really important to remember it's it's God's power not ours that makes yeah. it possible that's right yeah. Bill. And just something that's been encouraging during our group is seeing, uh, I feel like our prayer life has really changed because we're we're understanding that we can, I guess, ad- address the Holy Spirit and see that um, that He's at, He's working and, and He's powerful. Mm. Uh, I, yeah, I just feel like looking at our, our prayers through through the different weeks, just and yeah, our, our prayer life has developed, and I guess our confidence. Uh, in the Holy Spirit as well. He's not just a sort of abstract, airy-fairy, irrelevant concept, but he's actually at work and he's he's working hard as well and we, sh- we can be uh, putting our trust in him and our confidence in him. So it's been, it's been a really cool journey. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Well, can we give these guys a round of applause? How cool was that? Guys, why don't you grab a seat? Thanks for being with us. Do we have any questions from the floor before we wrap up tonight? Did anyone have any questions in particular? Speak now, forever hold your peace. Uh, Cool. All right, well, look, um, yeah, my hope and prayer is that you were edified out of that. I just want to thank all of those guys again, Ado and Bell and Andrew. You guys just did such a cool job. And for me, it's been a a, one of the wonderful privileges I've been able to uh, to be a part of all of this is to uh, to see the Holy Spirit at work in my own life, that you go and you shape a series and you put stuff down on paper and you have all the different steps and it's sort of just like trying to explain how to surf to everyone. And and time and time, each week throughout this series, there's, there's been a new conversation. Someone's run up at a Sunday night dinner and said, man, it was so cool in, in our group. I, I just saw this in a whole new way and as a fresh way and so-and-so said this and it sounded so smart for them. It was really weird, but it sounded so smart for them. And it, and and I go, wow, that's the work of the Holy Spirit, clearly. Uh but it's been a wonderful thing in our community to see all of these different stories begin to emerge when those light bulbs uh, pop open and, and pop up and we can see that God's Spirit's at, the, at work. So, look, the, the things we need to take away, who is he? The Holy Spirit's a person. You know, Jesus says, John 14, 15, he is Aleron Parakletos. He's another me of the same kind. He's a person, as Bell said, he's predictable. He intrudes. You need to work out what he lo- likes and dislikes. You don't want to grieve him. Uh, he, he, he guides you. He leads you. It's an interactive relationship. It's how you relate to God. Now, what does he do? The job of the Holy Spirit simply is to make Jesus Christ more real to you. That's all he's around for, the vivid principle. You don't go to vivid festival of light. And look at the opera house and say, wow, what a beautiful projector. 
And J.I. Packer said the role of the Holy Spirit is a spotlight ministry on Jesus. It's his job to make Jesus more beautiful and more real to you. And so the way that you know that the Holy Spirit's at your work, at work in your life is Jesus becomes more real to you. You, you, there's, there's something about Christianity and, and Jesus that you're drawn to. If you feel that way tonight, um, don't, don't miss that. Come pray with us. Talk to us about all of that. How does he work? The but how? Andrew said it so well. It was what I was going to say anyway. He's a spiritual tornado, <laughs> uh, which, which means two things. Um, he takes you up. You don't take him up. You don't walk out of this place. Where's the leadership? Don't walk out of this place saying the spirit will do this, this and this in our lives or the spirit will do this, this and this for you. He's a tornado. We don't know where he's going to touch down. We don't know where he's going to touch down corporately for us as a church. But in a tornado, as I said, each and every one of you tonight are storm chasers. (laughs) That is, you need to work out everything within your power, what the Bible calls the, the means or the disciplines of grace. You need to work out everything you can possibly do to get yourself into the path of that tornado if you want to experience him. Prayer, gathering like this, connection groups, reading the word of God. They're all the ways that we chase that storm that is the Holy Spirit.